0: Welcome. You've got mail. everyone. Welcome to another edition of TechStream. Thank you for the support. The audience is growing. That's a wonderful thing to find out as soon as we start a new episode. My name is Seth Everett. He is the CEO of the Palmer Group, my tech guru, the guy I go whenever my computer doesn't work. (laughs) <laughs> Mr. Fix it. No, just kidding.
1: He's the great Shelly Palmer. What's going on, Shelly? Oh, wow. Well, everything is amazing right now, um, except for the fact that we have all of the craziness going on in the, in world. the world. Yeah, In the world. Um, look, these are interesting times. I'm personally wonderful. Uh, I have Except I'm really sad about what's happening yeah. everywhere else. No, no, the No, the world. <laughs> so no we no. can't. We can't do it.
0: <laughs> and I thought about all these serious uh, topics. And just to show you how pop culture is trending on TechStream, John Oliver did his whole show last night on uh, getting hacked. You mm-hmm. know, uh, ransomware. And mm-hmm. I said, "Wow, maybe we should pick up on that." But we've done episodes on that. And I said, "Boy, that sounds evil." And they put a disclaimer just to show you how crazy things are going on in the world. I'm really glad you brought it up. They put a disclaimer on John Oliver explaining when he recorded that show because to do a show and not reference Afghanistan and Haiti, you'd be remiss. So we can't we're we're not talking about Afghanistan and Haiti on this episode, but our thoughts go out to the people of both those
1: communities. Oh, absolutely. And by the way, You know, we stand more divided now as a nation than we've been in a long time ideologically. Certainly, uh, we have seen rougher times people don't remember there was the war between the states the Civil War, you know where people actually picked up arms to voice their point of view so we've been worse off than we are right now from a divided nation uh standard but wow things are hard and it's i don't want to talk politics today because it doesn't make sense however i do i have a lot of friends in the military and i have a lot of friends who have uh served our country with the put up or shut up right literally just gone and stood a post with a weapon to protect and defend our safety and a lot of my friends in the military are very concerned about what's happening. So our thoughts and prayers uh, are not enough. Um, at this point, you know, greater minds will prevail and hopefully this is all going to work itself out. But well, you know I what, have Seth? a great
0: transition. I have a, I have a perfect segue because it would happen on social media this weekend. Uh, the great Mark Hamill, who is one of the funniest follows on Twitter, in addition yes. to being the Joker and Luke Skywalker and everything. He put up a meme of his scene at the end of Return of the Jedi where Vader is defeated and (laughs) Vader says to Luke, Luke, help me get this mask off so I can look on you upon my own eyes. Yes. And Luke then says, but you'll die. And then Vader says, but I have my rights. (laughs) Oh no (laughs) but mark hamill tweeted that like it's not like some jackass tweeted it luke skywalker tweeted that i was was dying
1: oh my goodness oh oh no (laughs) (laughs) all right nothing can stop that now (laughs) (laughs) right i have my rights
0: (laughs) all right um all right the there is a, a a bit of question in as we return to some semblance of normalcy yeah Uh, the delta variant is something that's real um but things are open uh Mm -hmm. the nfl is planning full stadiums uh the u.s open is planning fans Uh, you know that's coming up in a couple of weeks um broadway is sold out from now until 2045 because people are so anxious to go to the theater and there's all kinds of different rules on vaccinations and we're not getting into that either. The thing that has struggled coming back is the movie theater. Yeah. And the movie theater is in a very precarious position because they were in a precarious position before covid. And so that's why it's a segue because the reality of it is is that if you're vaccinated and you're comfortable going to a movie theater, that doesn't bring you to the theater. It no. sets it up it makes it available, but I haven't gone to a movie theater yet. And it's not because I'm afraid about the variant. I don't mind wearing a mask.
1: I just, I love what's in front of me in my home. Ah, let's unpack this uh, across the whole spectrum, leaving out, leaving out the current Delta variant issue, leaving out mask or don't mask. Right. Let's say, let's assume it's safe. Well, let's assume something as safe as it's going to be for now let's just leave it there okay so and let's say that the protocols have decent air handlers you're sitting a couple of seats apart from people you don't know right i mean most movies the economics were you needed 1500 people to see it every week in the theater for the movie to stay in a theater that's the pre-covid metric once you have less than 1500 people coming into your your exhibition space uh it no longer is profitable for you the movie uh theater house you know the the physical movie theater to have that movie there you're just not making enough money you can't have it this is not enough people so the movie business needs the theaters to work and the reason they need the theaters to work is the way the finances are structured. Like every business, the movie business is the banking business. Sure. You are, you, you, the studio have a pool of cash, a pool of capital. You are evaluating some mathematics that tell you that X number of human beings are likely to visit a theater under the following circumstances. And therefore X amount of money will be able to be gathered as a return on that investment and then because you either have we'll call it a 90-day window then you get another bite of the apple and remember the windowing system right you first it goes to theatrical release right. that gets you certain rights and privileges in the oscar nominations and the various uh awards, awards festivals and awards shows then there's the uh home distribution window right where you're either They're going to make DVDs or they're going to make downloads or they're going to allow. And then there's a window where the premium distribution services get it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then ultimately it ends up at the very end of its life there's a movie package. It's generally not an individual movie, although sometimes it is. if it's a blockbuster a, a, a slate of movies is sold in as a package to the broadcast television industry, the free tier advertiser supported lowest level. And that's way down the road. You know, you, in the old days, you could wait two, three years, four years before a movie would ever make its way to broadcast television where you could watch it with commercials that all these windows have been shifted over time we have experienced and we've said this so many times and you can use your own number here you don't need to use my number seth use your own number i'm going to say we've we've experienced 10 years of social innovation in the last 10 months maybe it's 12 years and 12 months maybe it's 18 years and 18 sure. months maybe it's the no most you impl- can't
0: f- uh, unfactor the pandemic the pandemic so, so, has led to a lot
1: of new tech and, and and not only new tech but new consumer behavior right you are very comfortable on some kind of zoom or zoom clone right now uh, blue jeans, uh, uh, blue jeans or teams or Google or FaceTime. It doesn't matter. You are house completely, party. Yep. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be audio. It could be clubhouse. It could be whatever. You are doing things that you could have done pre pandemic, but you didn't not often. And now it's just how you do life. So this is, this is giant. You also have the entire television industry geared up, and admitting that cord cutting is real, like seriously real. So everything from Hulu to Peacock to HBO, like all of them, there's not a company that doesn't have, uh, whether it's Viacom, CBS, NBCU, ABC, Disney, it doesn't matter who they are. Everybody's got streaming uh, alternatives for you and user experiences, better or worse, to be fair, that you can get to. So And this- Fox
0: has to be just because yeah. we're fair and balanced. Yes, we
1: are. (laughs) Um, Look, at the end of the day, there are no windows. There are no financial windows. If you are Warner Brothers Studios, and you make a movie, and you put it on HBO Max, you're done. That's it. All you can get is subscription fees or retention you either retain the people who are already paying subscription fees or you get new subscribers. End of story. There is nobody else to sell it to. It's now available globally. Right. On a but, platform.
0: but Disney plus did it differently with uh, first Mulan and then black widow. They had a Disney plus premium. There was also a movie Raya uh, you know, I, I'm a superhero nerd. So that's the, yeah. all the, the ones I remember. But my point being um, there was the $30 on top of that. That's part of Scarlett I just Johansson's loss. I think lawsuit. I just paid
1: 30 bucks for Jungle Cruise, didn't I?
0: Wow, you got robbed.
1: Um, no, I love that movie. It was like a stupid thing to watch. It was just, and it was, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, it was,
0: I, I was bummed. I, you know, there, there, was, there was a lot of hype for Wonder Woman. Remember Wonder Woman 1984? Uh, yeah. And that was awful she steals a plane and basically. No, it no don't, don't, don't get me started. That was the worst movie ever made. Go ahead. But the, 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 the argument was uh, this was the only way to show these movies safely. And okay, yeah. that, that, that's fine. The problem is, is that if the window is shorter, there is nothing gripping you that says I need the theater experience. No, nothing. I, it's just, it's not, it's not Broadway. It's not, sports so two, it's, so, it's, so set but the they used skin.
1: to be considered the same and they're not yeah. and no 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 here look look there's two there's there's two arguments you hear all the time and so let's give them both uh their own hearing first oh there's a communal experience to going to a theater and experiencing all these things at the same time with the same people and you know you laugh and you cry and you feel the emotions and the energy Really, what I have in a movie theater is the other experience, which is I'm in New York City. I'm in a movie theater. People are talking, they're texting, they're on their phones. They are annoying the crap out of me and making it impossible for me to enjoy the motion picture, which, by the way, if I am, don't get there with the reserve seat, if I can't get the reserve seat, I, wanna, I, I, I won't even go because I don't want to sit off access in right. a theater, right? Like I, that's not a great but experience. But when
0: Superman 2 came out, you would sit in the front row just to get in. That's right.
1: Well, by the way, I went to NYU, uh, to School of the Arts uh, as a film TV major. I always sit in like the second row or the third row in the center. The, roof, the, the so that the whole screen like just covers your peripheral vision. No. We were all taught to go to the movies that way to have a larger than life experience. And to tell you the truth, I actually, that was an adjustment for me because literally from college, I, when we, we used to go, like all us little film school nerds used to go to the theater when, when we were in college. They literally told us to go sit in the second or third row in the center. And the four or five of us would go, you know, you goes with as a troop, you know, you'd go to the whatever movie it was. The, the movie I remember the most laughing about because it was so dumb was the Woody Allen movie in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And we all went together. The six or seven of us went together and we had, to, you know, we dutifully sat in the second row and if there was ever a movie in the world you didn't need like it wasn't star wars like you didn't need to be enveloped in the characters of a dialogue driven movie and we all came back and said you know you know i might might not be right about this larger than life thing in a dialogue driven we had a big argument about it but anyway the movie theater business is is always argued that it's a communal or group experience and i always argue it's a terrible experience and depending on where you live it's really bad to super terribly, unbelievably bad. I don't remember having a great experience in a movie theater um, in the last 15 years.
0: Oh, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll stand against that. Only in New York City 2019 Avengers Endgame. Where'd you see it? Where, uh, I saw it in Lincoln Center. Now, granted, I was at an event, you know, um, my <laughs> I've told it on the podcast. It's not a secret. My wife used to work for Marvel. And so when she did, uh, we would uh, she left on great terms, basically, when Disney bought bought uh, Marvel, we, she left on great terms. They were all moving to Los Angeles. And because of that, we always got invited to the friends and family. And they used to be at the Zigfield, That's yeah. closed. And that was a great movie theater. Was a great um, movie theater. But Lincoln Center, what they do is they rent out Lincoln Center and it's every theater is showing just Avengers Endgame and the place is packed and it's licensees and it's people who worked on it and it's crew members and guys in the marketing department. And But when
1: Black not Panther j- shows not to, up... Not to be a jerk, but that's not a movie theater experience that you could pay no, $15 no, bucks I a new year it, to get to, right? I mean, no, that, no not I to, understand too that, fine But, a point but
0: when it. Black Panther... But I wanted to give the caveat... When Black Panther emerges from those circles that Doctor Strange creates after uh, uh, Sam Wilson says on your left mm-hmm. and you see that all the, the, the guys that got snapped into feathers uh, in uh, Infinity War come back. And there's that great moment when Steve Rogers says Avengers assemble. That was a roar out loud like that felt like that was a great moment. And everyone around us was cheering at the same time amazing
1: i'm saying that's the only one I'd i can much, think much okay so you have one of those and i'll accept that as a happening if i was in the theater with my granddaughters at jungle cruise <laughs> i don't know that that would have happened at the climactic moment of that particular movie which i don't think really had a climactic moment It was kind of a little formulaic but it was good. it was good fodder i'll tell you what i did see finally start this week that Made me smile from ear to ear. Bad Batch. Wow. Star Wars I- show. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Is that, that's just, I can't believe I was watching a cartoon. Yeah. Like just because that, as by choice, personally, you know, um, and I'm not, you know, 11. It was, it's fabulous. It was it's great.
0: It, it's fantastically done. And uh, a quick plug uh, if you can get this podcast, if you're listening to this show, uh, you can find my other podcast, uh, The Hall of Justice. Uh, where we have a guy who used to work on the Star Wars Blu-rays. He now owns a bar called the Scum and Villainy Cantina. I love it. In downtown Hollywood, right in front of the Chinese theater there in Hollywood. He is our Star Wars insider. And every time since Force Awakens, we have done a Star Wars podcast. He comes on and he's coming on this week to review The Bad Batch.
1: That's fantastic. I I just really like it. I just, I like everything about it. It's just made me, like I said, smile from your ear. But again, the, hey, those
0: are franchises. And the, the, the thought about, let's just kind of like streamline this conversation. We, we've basically said that the only thing that keeps movie theaters open are franchises. Mm-hmm. We've also acknowledged that with the pandemic, they're all facing these extreme financial hardships. So yes. let's take this step one step further. There have been all the rumors that Netflix wants to buy a theater chain and Amazon wants to buy a theater chain. Uh And there's all that talk about that, about how it's another distribution model for their original content, which I get. Why, what, what's in it for those companies? Why would Netflix want to buy AMC?
1: That's a question for Reed Hastings and Ted Sarandos, not Shelley Palmer, because they might have an answer, but I can't imagine. It doesn't make it sense be. to me. I, I don't understand what's in it. There, for them. I, I, I'll tell you where it would make sense if I were doing it. The pandemic will end at a certain point. Netflix right now has a massive community of passion around movies and entertainment. And a physical space that would allow them to have concerts and orations and debates and events and plays and movies and streaming events of all kinds where there are public gatherings when public gatherings come kind of back does make sense to me I actually see that and they have a large enough marketing platform where they could, and certainly Amazon does, to make that actionable, where AMC does not- an acceptable answer. They don't have a community. AMC is basically a vendor to the movie theater industry, the movie industry, right? They're a distributor. Netflix, and by the way, Netflix would have a problem, and so would Amazon. As a studio, there are laws in the United States. It's why you have car manufacturers and car dealers, and yet Tesla's both- they had to go state by state and get permission. Right. It, would, it would be a, a legal nightmare for Netflix or Amazon. But, but again, they also have the, the cash and the <laughs> capability to sure. make that happen, which by, m- no one else does. Like there isn't another organization I can think of. Apple. Yeah, Apple could do it. But I'm saying without being a big tech company with piles of cash, it's not like the traditional industry is going to turn itself upside down. Nor, by the way, are they motivated to do so because as I love to say about the system when you're in it, it's awesome. It's only when you're outside the system that the movie theater or the television business sucks. Like, and you start, but when you're in it, like it definitely takes care of you. Ultimately, if we
0: have issues with COVID, do you think that movie theater companies will actually go under? Because a lot of them threatened to for months and they didn't. And I guess what I'm saying is, is the movie theater as we know it,
1: a relic? I I can't speak for the shareholders and stakeholders in at AMC or the other big chains. But what you can use to frame this question is the way that big real estate in big cities is being repurposed now. Uh, Saks, Fifth Avenue, one of the best locations in the world, retail has changed. They're going to turn that building to mixed use. You've got some of the biggest real estate developers in the world are rethinking what it means to have an office building and they're making them residential retail and office space. They're completely changing the zoning. They're going to the various municipalities and and requesting ways to change how the buildings are used. The theater business, the movie theater business is first and foremost, a real estate business right? You're looking for an over-under on what it costs. What, do, what are your costs? The people who run the movie theater are the ticket taker and the ushers and the people that clean the theater. Profit center is the concession stand. And believe me, that's a profit center at 20 bucks for a soda and a popcorn. So you're talking about what's the over-under on the real estate? And is this a good use of that real estate? There's a theater right by my apartment in New York City. It's a 15 plex, I think. I think there are 15 theaters in there. And I, it's super valuable real estate. Is, is it good to have it sit mostly empty most of the time, which is what it does? Is that, is that a good use of that space? So I think you'd have to ask the theaters if they think that they're going to go out of business. If the, you know, if people don't come back, then that, that's kind of fait accompli. The pandemic won't last forever, Seth, but the behaviors are going to be I think harder to change now, you're really enjoying I mean, you've said this a lot. you really enjoy watching movies at home and look samsung, uh, full disclosure one of my one of my clients, they make unbelievable 4k television sets at eighty five inches now that are yeah, reasonably do. priced reasonably priced and if you put that kind of monitor with even a an inexpensive Dolby 5.1 surround sound system in your living room and you turn down the lights and you turn up the volume and something is streaming in 4k and you're sitting 12 feet away from it on an 85 inch television set you got to tell me how you're going to have a better experience than that watching anything ever realistically you have to tell me how that's going to be so and if you and that that that's it's it's not cheap but it's totally inside the financial capability of people who would go to the movies 10 times a year or 6 times a year and honestly it's probably cheaper than going to the movies 6 times a year probably. if you if you look at the life if you look at the lifetime of the setup i just described and the amount like let's say that there's a i'm going to make this up a 10 year window on that technology because monitors are, technology isn't going to change at um, in a meaningful way uh, in the decade. Sure, you'll go to 8K, but an eight, an 85-inch uh, screen isn't going to need to be 8K. So then the sound system isn't going to change because the physics of sound has not has not changed. So if you put a 5.1 or a 7.1 sound system properly installed, I, I almost guarantee you'll get a solid decade out of that. You'd be in mixed reality before. You'd actually put on a pair of goggles or glasses before that install would go obsolete for what it is for you a know, group of people to view you you go to six movies a year with a family of four, you're a hundred bucks for every outing. Right. You're, you're probably over under, you're probably, you're probably in the same financial, you know, space. So no, I don't know if the behavior is coming back, but certainly movie theaters are having a time of it. I'm very interested. And I think everybody is in how this snaps back I think like everyone, I was super excited to start doing my speaking engagements live again. You know, I, I, sure. I'm sure i doing one, two a week and and I've, I've always done one or two a week and they've always been, I've been on airplanes, I had like something like 300,000 miles in the air in 2019. I have no thousand miles in the air in 20 and 21. Right. So I was th- all of between now and the end of the year and this episode is being recorded in mid-August of 2021. Four weeks ago, everything I was going to do to the end of the year was going to be in person again, including, you know, uh, culminating in January at CES and and beyond. I just assumed everything was going to be back in person. Every single engagement is virtual again. And so I am a little disheartened and it's hard to talk about, you know, movie theaters surviving this or not surviving this. At the end of the day, people will make their own choices. I'll ask the question of you that I asked of myself. How motivated? How motivated are you to sit next to someone you don't know in a crowded theater during Delta variant, even being fully vaccinated? I, I'm mixed on it
0: because I don't mind doing it with a mask. It doesn't bother me that much. What I'm having trouble with is—is is it worth it? You know, I've I've been asked to go. You know, do I want to go to concerts? And I'm not interested. And Uh, You know, I've been asked to go to um, uh, uh, sporting events and usually it's press boxes where it's so spread out and super safe. You know, it's just I don't know that I need to sit in Section 313 to watch the Indianapolis Colts play the New York Jets. I don't I just don't feel that. And that's part of my age, but it's also the, the covid impact. It's that maybe in the past, it would be like, ah, it's a day at the ballpark. That's fine. And now it's like, do I really need to do that? I, it, it's if something was compelling me to go, I think I'd go. But I, I, I I've seen all these events that have been these major, you know, spreader events and I or, or just large gatherings. And I haven't wanted to be part of it, but not because I'm like, oh, it's keep me away because of COVID.
1: To be fair. The Delta variant is scary. What's really scary to me is where this ends because everybody, because of who we are, human nature, we believe that this is going to go back where it was like, it's going to be 2019 and life's going to be, we're going to restaurants and we're going to theaters and we're going to concerts and we're going to ballparks and we're doing exactly the way we used to. And a fair number of people are still doing that. And um, those who are vaccinated have fared fairly well. And those who aren't are filling our hospital beds right now. This will ultimately work itself out. The question is, what comes back? I think we're going to see 15, 20% less business travel, I think you're going to see uh, gatherings of large gatherings reconfigured. And I'm not sure how they're going to reconfigure. We're working with a lot of our corporate clients on what it is to take a meeting, a hybrid meeting, have reduced location based bias. And all of this is all part of the same thing, which is our behaviors have changed. And as you've heard me say a million times, technology is meaningless unless it changes the way we behave. In this case, we've had an outside uh, force change our behavior and now technology is adapting. And so it's, I, I think, you know, with all the talk of metaverses, with all the talk of virtual worlds, with all the new technology that is coming around this idea of virtual gatherings, we'll see how much of it actually catches on and how much you and I just really want to go have a beer with our friends and just go hang. And, and we're going to see, we're going to but learn that. About appeals that. to me
0: a lot more. Yeah, we're going to see. I, one of see. these days, we're going to do a live recording of, of Tech stream. Like we would yeah. do it from a place and that would be fine. The idea
1: that it just, it doesn't have to be massive. That, that, that's all I'm saying. We're going to find out. And I think, you know, neither you nor I get to make that call, but I want to talk tech for one second, if we could. Sure. Um, You know, the the pandemic is an issue that everybody is skirting around right now. And people are just recently starting to talk about booster shots. Mm -hmm. And we have vaxxers and we have anti-vaxxers. And I don't want to get into this with anybody because if you're an anti-vaxxer, may God bless you and keep you. And I hope you're safe if, you know, that it's not my personal choice. but No, 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 not- and I,
0: I agree with you. There have been certain, some of the vaccine hesitancy makes sense.
1: A lot of it makes no sense. I, I To me, I, I don't even want to get into why, whether it makes sense or not. The science is the science. Sure. I believe in science, end of story. But to that end, I want to talk to people just for a second about the science of booster shots. What is not being reported in any way is the Titer test, T-I-T-E-R. It's an antibody test. And what the Titer test does, uh, your immune system produces antibodies. And what the antibodies do is they look at the invading microorganisms and they identify them, they mark them for destruction. That is how your immune system works. And if you've got an invading microorganism, which is called a pathogen, for those of you who don't know, those pathogens have markers and they're known as antigens, which the antibodies find and bind to, got that? So you've got an invading microorganism, that's a pathogen. It's got a marker called an antigen, which is what the antibodies bind to. That is how this works. Now, what you need to understand is that there is a test to see how your body is able or prepared to deal with pathogens. And the specific pathogen we're caring about right now is COVID-19. Before you get a booster or before you start talking about boosters or before you start talking about like whether vaccines are good or bad or any of that. Now I'm not saying do your own research because you don't know how and you can't, you don't have the data. Call your doctor and ask your doctor about an antibody test called the titer t-i-t-e-r test with specificity here hi i am vaccinated thinking about getting vaccinated have been vaccinated want a booster i'm a human being living in the in 2021 when COVID 19 is rampant and understand how your body Personally, you—not mine, not Seth's, not anybody else's—how your body is set up right now against COVID nineteen. Just find out if you need a booster shot. Um, have you been infected? They will. This test will tell precisely and exactly, precisely and exactly, where you are in the process of your. Um, immunosystems, your immune, your immune system's capabilities to deal with this. Just right. And it can debunk
0: it a lot of people who have had COVID and saying, saying they have not the vaccine.
1: Right. Right. Exactly. This will tell you precisely. This will tell you. I, and I don't see this reported a lot. No one on the news is talking about it. I was on the phone. The reason I'm bringing this up is I was on the phone yesterday with one of my dearest, dearest friends, lifelong friend. We met when I was four and he was five and we've known each other. We've been best friends ever since. He is an orthopedic surgeon in Florida. He's an early COVID victim. He was face down on a ventilator for 27 days. He just had his one year post COVID. His lungs are back to 90% capacity. He still has trouble breathing. He is a long haul victim of COVID. Very, very early, Um, oddly enough. When he got it, his office manager got it on the same day. She was completely asymptomatic while he was in the hospital for a month and a half. Right. Cause uh, you never know how you're going to react. And her mother got it the same day and passed away the day mm-hmm. that uh, my friend went on the ventilator. So three different people got it at exactly the same time from exactly the same source and exactly the same place and had three completely different experiences. One died, one lived, but is really messed up. And the other, like walk in the park, nothing happens. So what you need to do isn't listen to me or do your own research because you don't know how. What you need to do is know that there is a test called the Titer test, T-I-T-E-R. It's an antibody test and it will tell your doctor precisely and exactly how immune or not immune you are or prospectively immune to COVID-19 and what you should do about it. And then you should act accordingly. That is the technology that is available today that you can use that, unfortunately, I just haven't seen reported enough uh, or anywhere to be fair. I went looking for it, and I, I, you know, you can find it if you go type it into Google, you'll find various places to have it at cbs Yeah, you, know, you can get it anywhere. This is not the point. The point is, no one's talking about why you should get it if you should get it. But I've heard a lot of people wax poetic about, well, I don't know if I need a booster, I do need a booster, I don't need a vaccine, I do need that. You know what? Your doctor can tell you what you need, and this test will tell you, give your doctor the. Statistical evidence as to what what that decision should be based on. So that's our tech talk for today on Tech Stream. All right. So tighter tests. We're teaching
0: you. Go to the movies. Don't go to the movies. Popcorn sales. We haven't even gotten into that.
1: That we should do a whole episode on what's good popcorn. Not only good popcorn. Whether free guys worth going to the movies for. <laughs> it's not. It's just
0: not. I'm sorry. This uh. This new Marvel movie, Shang Chi, mm-hmm. is and the Legend of the Ten Rings with the dude from the, the hilarious Kim's Convenience. Yep, um, I'm. I, it's only in the theaters. Disney Plus is not airing it for a while. Mm-hmm. We go. Are you going? It's the next <laughs> Marvel Studios movie. No,
1: that's you'll, my short you'll, answer. You'll
0: wait till it's on Disney Plus.
1: It's not one of the movies I. Well, let's. I'll put it to you this way, Seth. I'm not going to get any demerits in the Seth Everett world for not being able to discuss that movie with you on <laughs> TechStream. You're not going to be mad at me if I can't speak. No. Um, and so as long as I'm not going to get, and by the way, none of the people that I know are going to think less of me <laughs> because I haven't seen this movie. It's, it would be different. I think it would be different if this was a major franchise movie that everybody had to see. And they This was for, Captain
0: America 6 as opposed to... And they were two.
1: forcing me to go because if I didn't see this movie and I couldn't speak about it intelligently, I would have to give back my cool kids card. But since no one is going to be giving me any demerits, I will just wait it out. Well, that's months. what
0: Simu Liu is offended by because a lot of people are saying this is a an experiment. This is a great Marvel experiment. Can this get box office numbers that it used to have? We'll see. That'll do it for this edition of TechStream. Shelly, have a great week.
1: You too, Seth. Looking forward to next time.